This episode of the GCSAA podcast is presented in partnership with Enview, formerly Bear, which remains a company committed to supporting golf course superintendents as they strive to maintain consistently beautiful, healthy turf. For more on the company and its offerings in the golf industry, visit www.us.envu.com and look for the Turf and Ornamentals Management tab at the top of the page. As always, our thanks to the newly named Enview for their support of the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of the GCSAA podcast. We are up to our 45th episode now, so appreciate you coming along for the ride. I'm your host, Scott Hollister, the editor-in-chief of Golf Course Management Magazine. And this time out, we are changing things up just a bit uh, in ways that I think you're going to embrace as a listener of the podcast. For a while now, we have been working on a program to bring in occasional guest host to drive the conversation on the GCSA podcast. We've uh, focused those efforts on finding GCSA members and other prominent figures in golf course management who are invested in introducing us to interesting people or topics that are important to all turf managers. And the first person to step into that role of guest host is one who I think checks all those boxes, and that's Hector Velasquez. Most of you have probably heard Hector's name before or watched his Inside the Shop videos on GCSA TV, but this will be his first foray into podcasting, and I'm excited that he's agreed to help us out as an occasional guest host on the GCSA podcast. So here's how this is going to work. First up, we have a quick uh, conversation between Hector and myself, and we want to just give you an opportunity to, uh, to meet Hector, um, uh, learn a little bit about his career in golf, why he was interested in stepping up as a guest host, and what he'll hope to accomplish through his occasional appearances here. Then we will get to his podcast conversation with Howard Whitcomb. Um, Howard is a longtime golf equipment manager in the Northeast who now runs his own business uh, servicing uh, both golf courses uh, and lawn and landscape operators. It's a really interesting discussion about where the job of an equipment manager has been, where it is today, and where it's going in the future. And I really appreciate both Hector and Howard taking the time to join us on this episode. A quick reminder, as always, that you can catch up on recent episodes of the GCSA podcast that you might have missed by checking out the podcast archives available wherever you get your podcast, and that includes Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and, of course, the GCSAA website. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on all those same services, which really does help out, so I'd encourage you to do that if you haven't already. With all that out of the way, let's go. This is episode 45 of the GCSA podcast with our guest host, Hector Velazquez, talking with Howard Whitcomb. All right, joined by the very first guest host in GCSA podcast history. Your name will live in infamy, whether for this or something else you've done, Hector. But uh, uh, <laughs> At least it, something, right? That's right. That's right. Well, it's good good to be remembered. There, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So No, uh, no. So, well, uh, super excited to be joined by Hector Velasquez. Um, and as I said, Hector, um, serving as the first guest host of the GCSA podcast. And we wanted to just have a real quick conversation. Before we get into uh, Hector's conversation with uh, Howard Whitcomb, and um, I, I imagine a lot of you either are familiar with Hector's name, 
You've seen his Inside the Shop videos on GCSA TV. Maybe you've interacted with him at a GCSA conference and trade show where he's helped us out with a lot of shop-related matters uh, over over the years. Maybe you follow him on uh, on Twitter at uh, Hector's Shop is his uh, Twitter handle. But we're uh, very happy to have uh, uh, Hector helping us out with this. And Hector, I'll, I guess I'll start by, I, I gave you all those plaudits and said that people know you, but I'll give you a little chance to fill in the blanks there. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you got interested in the mechanical side of things and how that led you into uh, your first golf shop. Well, the the short of the long of it is I started out as a motorcycle mechanic. Um, my wife used to work at a golf course in Florida when we lived in Florida. And I used to visit, you know, I used to go with her on the weekends and I would talk to the mechanic there. And um, after a long story at my first motorcycle shop, when I graduated um, the technical college, I um, started at a motorcycle shop. Well, anyways, I didn't end up working out too well. So that's when I started off at my first golf course at Northdale Golf and Tennis Club in Tampa, Florida. That was my Alan Brissenden was my first superintendent. And I've uh, been doing it for, gosh, 23 years now. So long time. Yeah. And, and, and at some point, you kind of um... – I mentioned the other the the kind of the multimedia things you're doing the videos, uh, your social media work, sure. the stuff you're doing to help uh, to help out with GCSAA. You're also doing some consultant consulting work. How how did you begin the transition from the day to day of working in a golf course um, maintenance shop to what you're doing now and just kind of sharing your expertise and your and your knowledge with people really all around the globe. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure all that out. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> well, you don't have to right? explain, you don't have to explain the reach of social media. I don't think any of us get yeah, quite far I'm how still that trying reaches. To figure, but, but uh, basically, you know, when I started as a, as a golf course mechanic, what was the really, and I was, now I realize right. I was one of the very few, uh, very blessed, to be a part of an, a local technician association. At that time, it was called the West Tech Association. And I've worked alongside uh, Eric Kulas, Lucky Lusinger, the late Lucky Lusinger. And, um, dude, I've worked up along some really top mechanics. I thought everybody had that opportunity, right? I thought everybody had a technician association and all that, like ours. Dude, we would have a meeting every month, 100 so sorry. Yeah, that's right. Sweetie, was... you got to go downstairs. So, <laughs> hey, come get her. I'm in a meeting. Thank you. <laughs> so sorry. Right, so, wait, real, real quick. 11 children, is that right? Yes, yes, we have 11 children. God God bless you, Hector. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, All right, I'll uh, let you carry on there. <laughs> so, what was I... Uh, well, we were talking about your introduction and you're just how fortunate you were early in your career to have That's a right. local tech association to kind of associate with. That's right. And and I thought everybody had that association, right? And, you know, I used to be a guy I used to love watching Bob Vila, this old house, cranking chrome. And I've always thought, man, how cool would it be to have something like that for the golf industry? 
So, you know, very early I started just kind of playing around with video and I started, you know, I started a YouTube account. I wish I kind of would have stuck with it now, but, you know, either way. But, you know, we started doing videos and because people would ask me questions, you know, and I thought, man, these videos would be awesome. And I love that kind of stuff. I love videography and photography. And, you know, we just started putting videos on YouTube and this it's been what 10 11 years now and so the consulting part came in um at the time we were producing hector shop videos and we took hector shop on tour and basically my wife and i we purchased an rv and at the time i think we had i don't know six seven children and we all went on rv full time and we traveled um, visited other golf courses, and that's when I started doing consultation and, you know, tech training, especially when it comes to real grinding. Um, I just finished coming back from the Dominican Republic, which was an awesome deal. Great technicians over there, but, you know, we're doing some training on real grinding and things like that. So a lot of it is, is that, right? A lot of it is, you know, the new technicians coming in and or they have a lot of guys that know how to wrench, but when it comes to real grinding, right, that was a whole different deal. I right. mean, and it was for me, right? I came from motorcycle. I knew how to wrench. I knew, you know, the theories about engine, but when it came to real grinding, that's where, you yeah. know, that's where the, you know, bread and butter's at on a golf course mechanic. So, you know, and that's what we do now. We we produce videos. I, I love helping helping other technicians i love especially the new young technicians coming in you know and to see their faces light up when they grind their first drill and set it up and they go out there on their first green and see it cutting you know to see their looks on their faces to me that's where it's awesome um here at home make talking about making the transition right um one thing that we've been doing here at home is we homeschool um, our children, and one thing we notice in the homeschool industry is there's a lack of, let's say, vocational type training. So right. we have our shop here, and we've opened our, you know, we do workshops for homeschool kids. And here lately, we've had a lot of people in the general public wanting to attend the workshops and things like that. So we're putting together our the the workshops again. And we're going to reopen the workshops at the end of this month, um, beginning November, start, you know, holding the workshops again to help other people. So that's great. it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's great. And, and, and I know how much um, the folks in the GCSA education department appreciate the role that you've played uh, in, in helping and in terms of providing education and information for the things that the association does um, uh, both online and then at, at the, the conference uh, and trade show. And, and you mentioned your early days in, in the business and how you have seen this industry specific to golf change and the associate GCSAA stepping up, creating a, a classification for equipment managers, creating certificate programs, uh, brand new certification program and, and things sure. like that. Um, that has to be somewhat gratifying that you've been able to kind of ride along that and, and see how that's developed from when you first started to work to where things are today. Uh, you, know, you know, it's I kind of 
I, for GCSA, right, to pick up the ball the way they did and, and to help elevate this industry and as more specific, right, the equipment manager's position, I mean, it's huge. And for for me to play a very small part in that, you know, I, there's a lot of great mechanics and technicians that really help lead this forward, you know, and the fact that I get to just play this very small part in this whole thing, it's absolutely an honor and a, and a huge blessing, you know, to be a part of the GCSAA organization and to, to play a little small part like that. It, it's awesome, you know, and dude, for what you guys do, I'm not doing anything. You go, <laughs> you guys are putting in the hard work into all this. When I started helping out with the G, you know, with the industry, the, the trade show, have mercy. I don't think I, I've never realized the work that you guys put into this stuff. I mean, it, it is just absolutely crazy. And the fact that you guys make it look so easy, you know, you go to the show, you you put on that smile like everything's just been awesome. When I know darn well behind the <laughs> scenes, you guys are freaking losing it, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it's awesome to how it all comes together, you know, and it, it really is an absolute what's it here's what's cool for me right is you guys not only just accepted me right it, it's it's you accepted me and you accepted my whole family and to me that was huge right because it, it's this this whole thing right for me it's not just me it's my family right. we're, we're all a part of this thing and you guys have really like went above and beyond to really make my family and my children feel a part of this, you know, and we've recognized that. And dude, it's, that just makes us push that much more harder for you guys, right? It makes us want to just work harder and, and produce better videos. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we're getting better with it and just really to produce high quality, you know, videos, it's huge for us, you know, and yeah. because we know that, I mean, it's, you know, you guys are freaking bomb, man. I mean, how, you yeah. know, you got to, it's big, <laughs> go big or go home type thing, you know? So well, that's we, the we, attitude. We appreciate uh, all, all those nice words. And there are a lot of people around here who just uh, pull off the miraculous day in and day out as it relates oh, to the sure. show. And I, I'm among those who feel lucky to kind of ride their coattails. Um, yeah. I, I like to think I work hard related to the magazine and the things that we do month, you know, every, every month with that and then related to the show. But boy, there's some folks who, uh, who are really magic, magic workers when it comes to well, that. You, and you it's know, fun to watch them. Yeah. One, one thing I, I, what was cool when I visited, you got the shop is, you know, you, all you guys have a paddle a boat paddle, you know, and we, we you all row together. I think that is the, such a coolest thing, you know, and I still think about that. And I'm like, you know, it's like, where's my paddle? You know, That's I need right. a paddle. <laughs> well, we, I bet I, I bet I know somebody can get you a paddle and I'm looking at a, I'm, a, I'm looking at a sign in our library here at headquarters. Um, and yeah, it is, it's kind of a mantra, uh, for the staff. And this, the sign that I'm looking at right now says, keep moving forward. And um, for sure. so it's a, it's a great way to, to look at what we do here, what you're doing and, and really, I'll just I'll take the little segue into into the podcast here, and we'll wrap things up here. But um, when we started to look and think about various folks associated with the industry and GCSA members who could maybe step in as as a um, a guest host now and again, um, uh, 
you were one of the first people I thought of related to the equipment management side, and I'm super excited that you're 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 uh, going to help us out now and again. Um, first conversations with Howard Whitcomb, and Howard is uh, I know someone that you've known for a little bit up there. But uh, in, in general, what was it about a kind of expanding into the podcasting world that, that made you want to agree and add add a little something more to your plate here? Well, you know, with, with the podcast, dude, I thought it's awesome, right? It's something I kind of always thought about doing, and I kind of did a couple episodes, but then I realized there's so much work into it, right? And then with the videos that I do, it was just more. So to be able to do this and do it with an awesome association, and then you guys doing all the hard work, I'm on it. <laughs> That's a perfect, yeah. the perfect setup. The perfect yeah, setup. I'm on it like white on rice, brother. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, we, again, we appreciate we're, it. It's an, yeah, it's an we're honor. super, we're super happy, and I think that folks will really enjoy your conversation um, with Howard that we're gonna we're gonna move into right now. Um, and it won't be the only time, uh, folks, you'll hear from uh, hear from Hector on the podcast. We're gonna try and rope him in to do a couple, two, three, or four. <laughs> Uh, every year, but this is the first one. We're breaking new ground, and uh, Hector, again, I can't thank you enough for uh, uh, for helping out with this and and all you're doing. It's it's all awesome stuff, and we look yeah, forward appreciate to it. keep keeping it up into the future. Yeah, thank you very much. Awesome Alrighty. to be a part of this. You're you're certainly welcome, and thank you. And we'll head right in now to our to Hector's conversation, not mine. I was I, I listened to it, but uh, uh, <laughs> Hector's conversation with Howard Whitcomb. We'll get back to this episode in a moment, but now a word from Enview, the company formerly known as Bayer. While the name may have changed, the company's commitment to working with golf course superintendents to accomplish great things on the course definitely hasn't. Enview is a new vision for a company with over a half century of experience helping superintendents like you achieve the most consistently playable, beautiful turf every single day. You get the same trusted products and dedicated support, along with a reinvigorated focus on partnership, innovative solutions, and a vision for what's next in the turf management industry. And planning ahead for what's next includes great deals on proven products such as Tetrino, Densacore, and StressGuard formulated fungicides. With the fall season in full swing, now's the time to stock up and take control for next year with savings on these innovative turf solutions and more with Enview's Fall Solutions Program. From October 1st through December 5th, superintendents can get immediate discounts and rebates on this leading portfolio of turf solutions with four ways to save. Off invoice volume discounts, select product rebates, agronomic pairing incentives, and fall solutions purchase tier rebates. Visit us.envu.com to easily calculate your savings, download an easy-to-use calculator spreadsheet, and to take advantage of these great offers from Enview's Fall Solutions Program. Remember to always read and follow label instructions and that not all products are registered for use in all states. Our thanks once again to Enview for their ongoing support of the GCSAA podcast. And now let's get you back to this episode. All right. Thank you, uh, Scott. Uh, Howard, first of all, I want to thank you, bro, for doing this with us. Um, what I want to talk about today is a rather different subject than what we're used to hearing in the turf industry, right? And I made a recent visit over to your place in Vermont, and this is what kind of inspired this podcast, you know, and it only made sense because we share a lot of similarities. You know, we have a lot of things in common, which was weird for me, right, because I kind of thought I was the only one going through this thing. And it turns out that you've kind of been there, done that, wore the T-shirt. 
So it was really nice to come over to your place and, you know, and, and see how, okay, th this is possible. But anyways, before we get into all that, Howard, I'd like you to introduce yourself, um, where you're from, share a little bit of your background, how you got into the turf industry, and a little bit of what you're doing now before we start getting into the meat of this thing. Sure. Thank you, Hector. Um, I, you know, my name's Howard Whitcomb. I'm from Richmond, uh, Vermont. Um, been living here for 50 years, um, born and raised uh, about the eighth generation family. Um, I've been in the turf business now for uh, about 24 years or so, give, give or take. Um, kind of accidentally fell into this. I was uh, working and running um, power plants, um, small power plants off landfill gas around the country. And um, uh, one of them was closing, so I had uh, I didn't have a lot of work going on at that moment for a couple of months. And um, I was uh, working next to this uh, golf course, which I had never seen before, been on a golf course. And um, it was a Vermont National Country Club, it was called. It's a Jack Nicholas design. And I, uh, a, a tractor stalled out in front and uh, ran out of fuel. And I saw the guy trying to um, get it started after he filled it up and and lo and behold, I stuck my two cents in and went over and bled the tractor for him and got it running. And uh, 15 minutes later, the superintendent was over knocking on the uh, my truck window, asking me if I'd like a job. Um, wow. So that's that's kind of how exactly it happened. I told him I'd work for him for a few months and I stayed there for about 12 years. So, OK, dude, that is that is that is funny. So that's something a mechanic would do. Right. You see a stranded tractor on the side of the road and. And, you know, you got to get your nose in there. So, which is cool, right? Because, so you've been in this industry 12 years now. Now, Howard, you're, you're a business owner now, right? You, you do real grinding as a service, um, which is what brings us to this podcast. Um, how, right? So, we, we come into this industry. You've been doing it for 24 plus years. I've, you know, I'm going on my 23 years in the business and there comes a time in our career, right? Where we have to make an exit. And for some of us, right, it's a planned choice where we're prepared. And for uh, some of us, you know, it's an abrupt event that happened in our lives, you know, something happened and we're forced to make some career changes in our lives. And I found myself in that position a um, little over a year ago. Um, and it was like, what do we do? Right? What, what is it? This is all I've known to do is turning wrenches at a golf course. And now I found myself that I couldn't do that no more. And what do you do now? What happened to you that you went from from a golf course mechanic to now owning a very successful business, Mike, you know, and you're doing awesome, dude. Well, I think how it all began was uh, we had a new general manager come into the into the golf course. Um, of course, our winners, our golf course here in Vermont shuts down usually around November 1st, give or take a couple of days. And, and it really doesn't get going again until April 15th to May 1st. So in that winter time, we would grind our reels and so on and, and, um, and service all the equipment and, and, and work on the building and anything that needed to be done. 
uh, in the off season so we can make all our money during the summertime and not have, you know, be, uh, you know, we have our split season, I guess, so to speak. Sure. And the general manager came in and just asked us to, you know, take a 30 day layoff. And uh, my wife and I had discussed uh, doing what I'm doing now on a different scale. Um, we thought about, you know, uh, as you know, we were young, I mean, I was, you know, that was, uh, you know, whatever, 12 or 13 years ago, 14 years ago, um, a little younger than I am now. And thinking that when I got to 50, maybe I could grind some reels and, you know, kind of retire, but not really retire, you know, just kind of shift, um, sure. having to make money, but not having to work for anybody. And I think with that general manager, when he said that we had to take a 30 day layoff, um, you know, I said, you know, this is the time. And, um, you know, and, and I never planned, never planned to be where I'm at. I don't think, I don't think I have a plan. I, every day was a changing, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I looked for whatever type of work I could get when I first started it. First of coming up with a name was difficult. And, um, once I came up with the, the, the name of my business and, um, then I had to look for work and customers and, and luckily, you know, we're in a small state and a lot of people knew who I was and, and that wasn't too difficult, but you know, you still had to look for work every day. And, um, so that's kind of how I got into it. I mean, that's, that's how it all started, um, uh, was by, um, the general manager uh, asking us to take a layoff and we just decided to, I had some money from a house sale uh, and, and I was able to buy some equipment. So, so let me, let me ask you then, uh, Howard, do you have, I mean, did you take business in college or anything like that? Do you have any background as far as business or is wrenching all you've known? No, you know, uh, my wife and I, um, we've been together since uh, we were 15 and 16 years old and we kind of always had a plan. Um, my plan has changed multiple times and she stayed on the same path that she was always on. And so with her uh, business skills and, and accounting skills that um, I don't have to rely on that portion as much, but you got to be smart. I mean, you can't be, um, Yeah. I think you just learn. I mean, I, it's, I'm not sure I have no college experience um, as far as uh, business or anything like that. It was all mechanical related schooling. So it's, you just kind of just made crazy decisions and you learn from that. You learn from your mistakes um, sure. and, you know, and you want to limit as many mistakes as possible. So sometimes that makes you um, a little too guarded. Is that the right word uh, on you, some of your decisions that you make? And um, then, you know, you just go ahead and um, at the end of the day, you got to make a decision one way or another, which way you go, uh, what, you know, how many parts do you buy or how many customers do you uh, take on? Um, what type of customers that you take on? Um, is a big, is yeah. a big, uh, yeah. so now, now here comes the big one, right? Um, when I first had to make that exit, there's a lot of fear, you know, like it's, it looks good on paper, right? And it's funny because for the longest time, you know, that's always been my dream is to work from home and spend more time with my family and things like that. And, but then, you know, one thing I did not count on. I'm sorry. One thing I did not count on was the emotional thing behind it, right? The stressing, the anxiety, the like, 
oh my gosh, what the heck did I just do? Right. <laughs> we're men, we're, we're, we are supposed to take care of our home and our families and provide for them. And now, <laughs> you know, here we are. No, ex you know, right. I, I started Hector shop, small engine repair and dude, we didn't have no money for advertising. Right. So it's like, but then there's like that freak out moment. You know what I mean? Did you sure. go through something like that? And then if you did, okay, so how did you deal with that? How did you push through that time? So uh, I gave my notice on um, March 22nd, I believe it was. And that day my wife had a doctor's appointment and um, come to find out she had uh, breast cancer. Oh, and gosh. You know, I'd already given my notice that day and I remember driving home on the interstate, you know, upset, not knowing, geez, what the heck did I just do? You know, um, I asked her if she wanted me to take it back, um, which they would have taken me back with no, no questions asked. And, um, she said, no, she wanted me to keep on going. So that gave me at that point, I really had nothing to worry about in the business world. I did understand that fairly rapidly i needed a big brother and i say you use that term um for lack of a better term and that was in the local uh jacobson dealer uh a salesman who uh helped me out a little bit and we were personal friends at the time and um so it wasn't as scary uh the the scary was you know was my wife's end of things um and but the business, you know, the, the biggest thing I also did go through is, you know, sitting around realizing I have all this time on my hands and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not busy yet. You know, I don't have yeah. all these customers and I'm, you know, I do have time on my hands and I was a person that couldn't really sit around. Um, you know, I was always having to move and keep on going. And sure. so I think that was the, you know, you know, it wasn't, it, there's so many factors that were going on in my decision-making that, uh, at the time that, um, I do remember sitting here in my shop and sitting there a few days in and realizing, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this is easier said than done. And, and, and realizing how many, how much I thought I knew a lot Hector in the, in the turf world. And I did, I knew a lot with my equipment at my golf course. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I didn't think, you know, I didn't know, uh, how much I didn't know until I did this. And, if I had the experience I do now, 12 or 14 years later, um, boy, that first year would have been a lot easier, but it's all by trial and error, you know? Yeah. That, you know, dude, that's amazing, right? The Sometimes it's crazy things that makes pushes us, you know, and work is, is good, right? Having a job is good and being able to provide for your family I mean, it's, we have to do that, you know, and those are things. And to be able to do something that you love to do, you know, to, and, and which provides for you and your family, that's amazing. You know, I went into my own business and bro, I've never done that before. Right. I've always worked at a golf course. Um, that's something I've always dreamed about doing, but I've always been so afraid to take that jump, right? Like, what am I going to do? And then it's crazy, right? Because things happen in one's life where at the end of the day, right? Family is the most important thing. 
you know, your, your wife, your children. And, and, and yes, the job is good and the job is amazing. We need that. We need that to provide for a home. But one thing I have found, you know, it, it's scary, right? You, you come into this and you're like, it's, it's all on, it's all on you now, right? It's a little different when you're spending somebody else's money, you know, you, you have a budget, but then now you're spending your own money. So I, you know, I had to learn a lot, you know, I've gained a lot of respect for my wife because she does a lot of our, you know, banking and taxes and all this stuff. And now I'm having to do that. You know what I mean? And not, not all of it. My wife still does that, but I'm still having to do some more numbers than what I ever used to at a golf course. But dude, I, you know, you really inspired me, right? Because we're having to make some decisions here. You know, one thing I've learned is it's hard being a small engine repair shop for a community when you're getting all kinds of different equipment. So then you're dealing with that aspect, right? Now we're dealing with people and different kinds of people. And so we're back to like the customer service type thing again. And you know, when we're used to dealing with just being in the shop, right, where we have the same superintendent that we're dealing with, we know how he is, he could be a super nice guy, or maybe not such a nice guy, you know, we got the crew that we deal with. And we're used to those people, we're used to those personalities. And after doing this for so long, you know, there's a lot that comes at you that you didn't realize you know, same way. I thought I knew my stuff right now. I'm getting all these kinds of different equipment with different issues. And I'm, you get so used to the same equipment, right? Oh, it's that February. Way. Oh, you already know it, right? Oh yeah. This one yes, had that absolutely. issue and it's probably this and more than, you know, so that's, it's not that your troubleshooting skills get weak, but they kind of do, right? You get comfortable. You get lazy. And, you get kind yeah. of lazy because you learn the equipment, you know, you it, learn the attitudes of the equipment. I yes. think it's the biggest thing. Um, so you come into something. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that going along with what you're saying, you know, you wear now instead of just the one hat um, as yeah. the golf course technician, now you're wearing multiple, multiple different hats. You know, you're the customer service representative. You're the parts person. You are uh, the mechanic. You are, you know, the work order writer. You are yeah. all these things all wrapped up into one now. And, you know, it just takes time to figure out. And I think I was going to say that earlier about what type of customers you want, um, because being a small shop, it sometimes you can, you know, you want to be handy and you want to be versatile in what you can do. Sure. And I do take on a little bit of all types of work, but um, I have learned that because I don't have all the time to spend with the uh, people, um, you know, regular consumers out in the street, um, because a lot of times you will fix a problem and you know, that problem's cured, but then another problem that acts similar. And then, you know, rightfully so they probably, you know, whether they're upset or not, they think that it's the same problem and, you know, Hector should take care of it. So I've kind of steered myself away from, you know, um, just regular consumers and stuck with commercial, um, you sure. know, enterprises. I do do some, you know, walk behind mowers, uh, but you know, that's about it. And so, so, Howard, let me ask you, you know, how do you see the industry as a whole now as far? OK, so I kind of let me give you my perspective a little bit. Right. 
I remember when I first started in the industry, you kind of had that group of guys that you knew. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, okay, holy crap. You know, sorry. <laughs> like, holy. I mean, you know, I'm 48 years old now, right? I started in this industry, I think I was 23, 24, you know? Yeah. And I'm I'm seeing a lot of my peers that I grew up in this industry with, you know, they're we're all up there, right? We're, we're all, and you're starting to see this new group of guys coming and girls into this industry. You know, they're young, fresh, and it's, and they're bringing this new excitement into this industry again. Right. But then I see the people that have been there, like before me, the people that I've looked up to in this industry. And I mean, they're on, a lot of them, you know, it's like a lot of them aren't, they're on their way out. They just don't know how to make that exit, I feel. You know what I mean? Because I never understood that before, right? Um, I used to say, man, it's time for that old fart to just get the heck out of the way and make some room <laughs> for some fresh blood, right? And But I, I kind of understand now, right? This is all we know. This, this is, what else do we do? At this age, right? Who's gonna hire me, right? <laughs> and and this is crazy because now it's not just we're we're reaching our you know, right. Some you know, and I don't know. Some people may think, oh, hacker, you're only forty eight, right? You're still young or whatever. But a lot of the older guys. But you know, you look ahead and you start to realize that there's more runway behind you than there is in front of you. Absolutely. And. And it's like, okay, we got this new group of guys and girls coming into this industry. At some point, right, we have to decide when it's time to hang up that wrench or how, you know, what advice you've been, you've gone through what you've gone through. I've now realized, right, that golf course is not, is that, that's not everything, right? You hear a lot of guys where, you know, I'm now doing my plan B, right? Quote, unquote. And I've always felt that my, my, <laughs> I'm sorry. Close the door. <laughs> my little girl. Yeah, I've always perfect. felt that my plan B is always your plan A, right? We, we grow we learn and and that's what helped me kind of push through is yes i've been an equipment manager for 23 24 years but that has prepared me for such a as time as this right I, I we take it's not that hey this is the end right the way i feel we need to look at it, it's like this is the beginning right it, it's just we had to learn all this to finally get to really fulfill our dreams, right? What we've always were meant and created to do, right? So that's kind of what I, you know, how I kind of picture and what has helped me to make this transition, right? Because otherwise it's like, I, I feel that it's not, well, you know, I'm at the end of my rope or at the end of my runway, I guess I'll do this. But no, this is where life begins, right? You have all those years of screw-ups and mistakes and now learn from that, you know, change and set your, you know, new goals. This is what we do, right? We're mechanics, 
dude, we're, we, we take challenges like this by the horn and we freaking plow through that. Right. So what advice would you give that guy who's, you know, in that position where we were, we know it's time, but we don't, we're freaking out. Right. What advice would you give that guy or girl? You know, you know that, that person, um, it, it's, it's difficult to say. I mean, I, I heard all what you just asked me to say, and and I'm looking at a I'm, I'm looking at a picture here uh, of a of my um, red 1956 Ford pickup. My daughter and I was at the Northeast Nationals um, this past weekend, and I was talking to a, a couple of the older guys that were sitting there. There's not very many young guys, and and I'm saying young. I felt like I was one of the youngest at 50 years old, yeah. and he pointed to my daughter and said, "You know, this is a." We are a dying breed. Um, and, and if you look at the golf course world, my, my, I guess my recommendations to anybody that's in the tech, that's in a technician's job, um, they're a pretty valuable person. Um, yeah. There's not many of us coming, at least in the Northeast, there is not many people coming up behind. Um, and that there's so many good golf courses in the state of Vermont that are looking for uh, technicians. So I know that's not exactly where you want me to go with the question, but I think the bigger part of all this, the biggest problem, um, you know, I know the golf course superintendent is supposed to be the, you know, the big guy in the department, but I always felt he was no better than, than, uh, the technician. Um, because the two always usually work well together. Um, the mission is the same. If we're not providing good equipment, then he's not providing good greens. So it scares me. I agree with that. It it scares me to think, you know, I I talked to a guy this morning. I said, what's going to happen when I step away? You know, from what I do, I have so many people that call me on a daily basis and yes, I do fix things over the phone sometimes, and it's not always the most profitable, profitable way of doing it. But, you know, when I step away, it's going to leave a big vacuum. I, I, my shoes can be filled by somebody, but there's nobody there to fill them right now that I know. Yeah. Of. And I think, you know, anybody that's looking to step away from this game as a technician is to find something to make themselves valuable again. Um, you know, re, you know, relook at it. If you want to step away at 50, like you have done or, or, um, or like I have done and try to figure out a way like you are. And, and I am in my own way to try to help, uh, the next generation coming up because there's very few of them. And I don't think, uh, the GCS a is, uh, has, you know, I don't, I don't see many programs, at least I don't see them up here where they're offering, you know, technician schools or, yeah. you know, there's just none out there that, uh, that are, that I know of in this area. But. You know, and, and to your point, you know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, here's what's, here's what I kind of see happening, right? California's getting ready to ban all small engines, you know, mm-hmm. the sale, um, Briggs and Stratton made the announcement that they're starting to eliminate the petrol, the gas-powered engines, you know, and they're focusing more in the electric and the battery side of things and generators and things like that. 
it's going to come at us and it's going to come fast, if not already here, right, where everything is going to be pretty much battery powered. Um, there's a lot of states already starting to implement the same laws that California has and to eliminate emissions and things like that. A lot, I see a lot of the older generation, right? A lot, a lot of us mechanics, and I say us in general, we struggle when it comes to electrical troubleshooting. You know, um, I, I've, I, we, you know, I've done some um, work for a big box company on educational videos, and one of them is on soldering because they had a lot of issues with their power drills, the guys being able to switch out a a, a brush card or a motor. The, these battery-powered equipment, everything is soldered. Everything is soldered. There, there's, no, there's no more crampons. So when you're soldering on a wire that's maybe a, a half inch long and you got a computer board behind that, you know, we can easily damage them things if we're not doing it properly. But anyways, there's a lot of troubleshooting there. So I see a lot of the generation, you know, older generation, the old school techs, a lot of them, I feel, are going to get pushed out, right? Absolutely. Because because now new things are coming in, and, and to be honest, right, a lot of them they don't want to learn. They're tired, you know. They're they're on their way out the door. So I think that's the people that I'm talking about, right? The, where it's going to that time is going to come fast, where everything is going to be all battery, and we're going to see a lot of these old school techs kind of being forced out because a lot of them just are not going to be able to work on this stuff anymore. Right. So what other option is there for that guy? You know, there's still, uh, you know, that type of, there is still a lot of stuff out there. Sure. For that type of person to do. I mean, um, you know, I look at it every day, um, what to do after this. I always feel that my business is kind of a young man's game. Um, so I look at, you know, what can I do? Can I go and, you know, work at a big box store and uh, put their lawnmowers together? Uh, or can I go um, and try to, you know, work a deal out with a golf course and, and um, you know, teach a younger mechanic? Um, yes. You know, even though. Uh, There's still you know, rails to be ground, right? <laughs> that's right. There's always Electric or not. Sure. Yeah. And not in and, and grinding real estate is not for everybody to stop what they're doing and going go into it because the sure. cost of the equipment today. I mean, sure, you can find some used stuff and, and quality used stuff, but you know, with the everything that's going on in the world and COVID and and the shutdowns and the lack of equipment, it's driven. I don't think I I would find it hard for me to get into this business right now, I think. Um, yeah. I, um but as you were talking about this newer equipment, um, the biggest thing that I see with people buying new equipment and then calling me uh, and asking me, uh, what's this like? Okay. Well, I mean, I, you know, I had to explain to them, here's your manual. You know, I, I, I dropped the manual off and you open up the book. It's more about the education too of, sure. You know, people grab that manual and they put it up on the shelf when they buy their new piece of equipment. It's no longer that way. Um, you know, it's, equipment's more technical. So the, these older guys, I don't, I, I see a lot that are able to adapt and others that want to be, you know, shut off from it because they're upset about it. And, yeah. you know, I was upset about 
you know, um, the city of Burlington here near me um, saying, you know, no more gasoline powered weed whackers or backpack blowers and it's all electric. And so I get, I got upset about that. And I'm thinking, you know, that's crazy. Um, we're not ready for electric, but you know, if we don't, if people don't make these decisions, um, whether you like them or not, we're never going to get to that electric world or we're never going to get, um, we're never going to change. Uh, we're going to stay the same and we're going to, you know, just not be in the, the same, um, I don't even know what I was going to actually say there, but you know, we're not, we're not going to be um, in a better place if we don't accept some change. And that goes along yeah. with anything you do in life, whether it's the equipment world being changing and you don't like it or you change jobs and you don't like it, you can move on. You know, you start a business and you think you're going to go down this one route, a uh, small engine mechanic. And, and now you're as yourself, you're doing podcasts here and, and videoing and, you know, uh, so you diversified yourself and, and made yourself more valuable. Um, and that's what I think with all these people that they want to get out. There's a lot to do. Just find out what you can do to be, at least in my area, we're small enough. So you have to be good at a little bit of everything sure. and, and not a master of anything. So <laughs> if you're that type of person, uh, you know, you well, can, yeah, and, the, and that's, Maybe that's the great advice for a lot of the new guys that are in this industry is, yes, get good, you know, be the best EM you can be, you know, but also always have a plan B, right? <laughs> always have plan B and C. <laughs> or, or, or have your plan A ready or something like that. I don't know. But, dude, it, it's... You know, I, I just see so many changes coming up. Um, I've done a lot of traveling. I've talked to a lot of mechanics. I've seen a lot of shops. And the, this all-electric stuff coming down the line, I know it's – I get I get messages, you know. I it, It's freaking out a lot of, you know, the old-school mechanics and things sure. like that. And it, it's like, you know – don't be afraid to learn, right? If if it's scaring you or, and everybody, you know, I get it. Electronics, I, I struggle with it, you know. Well, we all do. I mean, you don't see what's happening and you have to learn new troubleshooting skills all the time and stay up to date with the latest troubleshooting school, uh, tools when it comes to electronics. But, you know, it's we need to learn that. We need to start educating ourselves with that now if this is something that we're going to want to continue to do. But just have faith in yourself, right? It's just like you said, to just diversify yourself. Um, we're mechanics, right? This is what we do. We, we, we face troubles like this and we, we go head on. Howard, man, I want to thank you, brother. I, it was very inspiring to see your place and, and hear your story and see what you're doing. You're doing some pretty cool things up there in Vermont. You got a very beautiful shop. Um, you got really cool things going on, and I really appreciate you coming in here and sharing your story and things like that. And um, we'll be keeping you and your family in prayer, bro, and, you know, yeah. 
and keep doing what Uh, you're doing my man and so i i appreciate uh the opportunity to come on and uh you know if i can help out in the future anyway and and trying to not to ramble so much uh i'd be happy to (laughs) come back on so awesome we appreciate you buddy all right thank you thank you Well, that puts a wrap on yet another episode of the GCSAA podcast. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between our very first guest host, Hector Velasquez, and Howard Whitcomb on the state of the golf equipment management business and where it's headed in the future. If you're interested in learning more about what GCSAA is doing to support its equipment manager members and advance that side of the profession, head over to www.gcsaa.org slash resources slash equipment hyphen management. There will also be a full slate of education for equipment managers available at the 2023 GCSA Conference and Trade Show, which is February 6th through the 9th in Orlando. You can learn more about all that by checking out www.gcsaaconference.com. We've got more great stuff in the works for future episodes of the GCSA podcast, so keep a close eye on this feed for all that. But until then, we'll sign off by thanking our podcast editor and engineer, Evan Bissell. Everyone at Enview, formerly Bear, for their ongoing support of the podcast. The nine members of the GCSAA Board of Directors, my co-workers at GCSAA headquarters in Lawrence, Kansas, and of course, my thanks to each of you for subscribing, downloading, and listening. Until we meet again, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch up again real soon on another episode of the GCSAA Podcast. <laughs>